Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hello, friends, and welcome to our time of prayer and scripture reflection together. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here. Feel free to leave your prayer intentions in the comments. Let's pray for one another during this time. And let's enter into the Lord's presence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We praise you, Lord God. You are everywhere, and you are everything to us. We commit ourselves to you entirely. We repent of our sins. We are committed to following our vocation. We are committed to serving one another and especially our youngest and most defenseless brothers and sisters, the children yet in the womb. Protect them from the violence of abortion. Bless us now, bless our nation in these elections, and may we during this time understand your word more deeply so that we may live it more faithfully and proclaim it more effectively. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in human beings, who seeks his strength in flesh, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a barren bush in the desert that enjoys no change of season, but stands in a lava waste, a salt and empty earth. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted beside the waters that stretches out its roots to the stream. It fears not the heat when it comes, its leaves stay green. In the year of drought it shows no distress, but still bears fruit. More tortuous than all else is the human heart, beyond remedy. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, alone probe the mind and test the heart to reward everyone according to his ways, according to the merit of his deeds. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, of all the verses of Scripture, one of the ones that I find my mind turning to most frequently in the day-to-day activities and challenges of life is is this one that says more tortuous than all else is the human heart beyond remedy who can understand it the mystery of the human heart it's a mystery no matter what gender you are or uh, no matter what background you have the human heart is a mystery It is, of course, created by God, and it is created for God. Like St. Augustine said, our hearts are restless, O Lord, until they rest in you. And maybe this is the reason why it is so tortuous, unpredictable, constantly puzzling and surprising, because the heart is always seeking for that ultimate fulfillment and so easily is distracted to try to find that fulfillment in something or someone else, and that always ends in bitter disappointment. 
Not that we aren't called to have some fulfillment in other people. Of course, loving relationships that we have, of course there's fulfillment there. Certain accomplishments we're able to achieve or possessions that we enjoy. The heart finds partial fulfillment in lots of things, and God intends for it to be that way. In fact, those things are meant to lead us deeper to thirst for Him, to remind us of Him. So all of that is, 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 is natural and right. But when the heart tries to find ultimate fulfillment in anything other than God, it's a tortuous journey. More tortuous than all else is the human heart beyond remedy. Who can understand it? We can't even understand our own actions or desires or motives at times, can we? Nobody perfectly understands himself. Much less your neighbor whose inner thoughts, feelings, and desires you cannot probe. They could tell us. They can also lie. They can also hold back. We don't know. And that's why it, right away after that verse is the line, I, the Lord, alone probe the mind and test the heart. This is the basis then for Jesus saying, do not judge. It's not that you can't judge the difference between right and wrong. That's ridiculous. Otherwise, he wouldn't be, say, wouldn't be saying, do not judge. Because right in, very, in the very act of saying that and agreeing with that, you're judging the difference between right and wrong. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with being able to read what's going on on the inside. How, where is that heart seeking fulfillment? And how does God see that? And what's going on in the depths of the person between them and God? We don't know. And we don't even know that fully in regard to ourselves. So who are we to judge what's going on inside somebody else? We can't and we shouldn't. In fact, we shouldn't primarily because we can't. But it is tortuous more than anything else. I think of a man, when I read this verse, whom I knew, and let's just put it this way, he was one of the most devout Catholic men I had ever seen, and he showed that devotion publicly, always in the first pew of his favorite church, where he volunteered generously every single day and was, again, one of the most committed religious worshipers I had ever seen. Committed to the Catholic faith, involved in efforts to defend and explain the faith to others, involved in all kinds of missionary efforts. The man was just exuded from every, every part of his being the love for the Catholic faith and the desire to spread it. And then one day, we didn't see him anymore. We didn't see him anymore and started inquiring after a while as to what happened to him. And a gentleman told us that he had gone off and married someone of a different faith and left the church. And the verse that came to my mind when I heard that, and that comes to my mind every time I recall that story, more tortuous than all else is the human heart beyond remedy. Who can understand it? You know, 
when the Lord says, guard your heart, where your treasure is, there will your heart be. The Lord says, be careful, because even if you don't intend to love your possessions more than you love me, be careful of your heart, because the more possessions you gather, or it doesn't only have to be possessions, the more titles you gather, the more fame you gather, the more power you gather, you add all those things in there. Whatever you're gathering, store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, he said, right? Not on earth. Because whatever you gather, your heart is going to be inclined to attach to it, trust trust it, and be loyal to it. You're going to defend those possessions, those titles, those positions, that popularity, that power, more than you're going to defend the word and will of God. Jesus says, be careful, because if you pile up, if you stockpile all those things that are earthly and that are passing... Your heart's going to end up going there. You say, no, 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 I don't want to go there. I just want to use those as tools to do good. My heart is committed to the Lord. Guard your heart because it is more tortuous than all else beyond remedy. It's not enough just to have the commitment and the will that we all have to serve the Lord above all else. Jesus is saying, be smart about this and know how tortuous the heart is. You'll find yourself doing things that you never thought you could do, that you never thought you would do. You'll find yourself betraying the will of the Lord. Listen to this as an application of how tortuous, more tortuous than all else is the human heart. At the Last Supper, Jesus astonishes his apostles because he says, one of you will betray me. More tortuous than all else is the human heart beyond remedy. Who can understand it? One of you will betray me. These men were specially called. They saw the miracles. Jesus explained things privately to them that he didn't explain publicly when he, when he pronounced the parables. These were the chosen ones with Jesus more than anyone else was with him. And one of you will betray me. Now, they were astonished and they turned to one another And then they said one after the other, Surely it is not I, Lord. More tortuous than all else is the human heart. We have to never underestimate our ability to betray the Lord. That's why every day we throw ourselves on His mercy. That's why every day we should pray, Lord, protect me from myself. Yes, protect me from those who want to do me evil, But protect me from my own heart going astray. That sense, brothers and sisters, it's a delicate balance. It's got to be a sense of healthy distrust in ourselves. Healthy distrust in ourselves. Healthy in the sense that we don't despair, we don't get discouraged, we don't uh, 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 hold back in our service of the Lord or our commitments. We don't doubt our ability to live up to our discipleship. But at the same time, we don't doubt the power of temptation and the weakness just talking about ourselves. That's why this reading says you've got to trust in the Lord. Trust in Him. That's how why we go forward with confidence. But always be wary of the tortuousness of your own human heart. The human heart, the tortuousness of it is seen in all these different examples, and it's seen in human history. 
the ability of the heart to love, the ability of the heart to hate. It's incredible. We see examples of how cruel a human heart can be. You read, just for example, the, 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 the cruel methods of torture that human beings have created uh, against one another. And, and, and you, these things you can, hardly, you can hardly read. They're so incredibly uh, cruel and uh, uh, heartless. But then you see the examples throughout history of love, the depths to which love can go. It's like an endless eternity. The, love, the greatest love relationship that you have in your life. Uh, the, the, the example of the martyrs. Speak about love of God in the face of, 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 of incredible sacrifice. And you see the depths of love to which the human heart can go. And of course, Jesus himself has a human heart that showed us the incredible depths of God's infinite love by his going to the cross. And we worship his heart, the sacred heart of Jesus. We worship because his heart is human and it's also divine. It is of God. And so we worship that heart. We learn from that heart. We take inspiration from the depths of love that that heart has revealed to us. And our hearts are made according to his and we pray to the sacred heart of Jesus, make our hearts like unto thine. Brothers and sisters, this is a powerful, powerful Lenten passage. Because Lent is about guarding our heart, strengthening our heart, understanding it better, relying less on our own strength, more on God's. And always, always, always being careful. Never to think that we are securely on the path of virtue. Because there is always an exit ramp tempting us. More tortuous than all else is the human heart beyond remedy. And yet, there is a remedy God gives us. And we are preparing to renew at the end of this Lenten season the vows of our baptism. For by that baptism and by the faith that we have professed in Christ, we have received a new heart and a new spirit. We have received the Holy Spirit of God. If there's any remedy, that's the remedy. In a sense, you can say that this verse is a prophetic cry, a prophetic imploring of God for the remedy. The Holy Spirit transforms our hearts. It's not just when we read the Gospels, when we see the example of Jesus, when we read the stories, it, we're not just taking good example from Jesus. You can take good example from countless figures in human history. It's more than that. He transforms our hearts. Create in me, O God, a clean heart. Renew in me a steadfast spirit, the psalmist says. I will give you a new heart, Ezekiel says. That's what we need. That's what we want. That's what we're promised. That's what we've received in the Holy Spirit. And that's the only way that we can stay on the path of virtue. Because trusting in ourselves, 
That heart is tortuous and unpredictable. A Holy Spirit, a new heart. This is what we're preparing in Lent to re-receive, if you will. We're going to renew the vows of our baptism. We're going to welcome more people into the church who are preparing now for baptism, the catechumens, as they're called. And we're going to celebrate that thanks to the death and resurrection of Christ, that new heart is available to us. Let's prepare for this celebration. Let's receive that gift with eagerness. Let's live the new life of Christ. Amen. Lord Jesus, we continue our Lenten journey. Sacred heart of Jesus, make our hearts like unto thine. Heal us, Lord. Heal the wounds in our heart. For those hearts that are callous, callous, for example, to the to the sanctity of life, melt them, mold them, fill them, use them, transform them into your own heart, Lord. Fill us with love. And as we, Lord God, enjoy the gifts you give us in this life, may those gifts always and only be stepping stones and pointers to you Never things that take our hearts astray from you. Bless us now as we intercede for one another. Grant all our needs. Answer all our prayers. And we sum them all up now in the words of Jesus. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We pray to our Heavenly Mother, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, now and at the hour of our death, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. It's a joy to be with you, friends. Invite others to these programs, and uh, have a great day. We will talk to you tomorrow. Hello, I'm Dr. Alveda King, board member of Priest for Life. More money is being spent in America to kill babies in the womb than to save them. Together, we need to change that, and today I want to invite you to support our work at Priest for Life. Why ours rather than other groups? Because we have a unique team that helps lead in every arena of the fight against abortion, and we activate the churches where you find people who are most likely to get involved in that fight. To awaken a pastor about abortion is to awaken thousands of people he serves. We do not receive church funding or government grants. We rely on you for individual donations. We have a very high evaluation among charities and top security on our donation site, ProLifeGift.org. You can go there for a one-time gift or to become a monthly donor, or you can call us at 321-500-1000. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.